Welcome to Smart Poker Study, brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi, and this is the podcast for profitable play and study strategies. Along with those, I give you action steps to take because action is the greatest teacher. My goal is to turn you, my student, into the player that you want to be on your poker journey, one step at a time. Let's do this! I'm super excited about today's episode because I just love taking ideas from real life and figuring out how to tweak it and to apply it to poker. And I have a really good one for you today. So you might have heard this old sniper and military saying, it goes like this, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Well, today I'm going to relate this to poker with a slight change. Slow is smart and smart is winning. So I'm going to help you slow down your decisions to give you a little bit more time, a little bit more brain space to consider all the information available before you squeeze the trigger and you make your plays. Just imagine if you had the tools to slow time down, give yourself more time to think about all the information available, you know that you're going to be making better plays if you're capable of doing that. And the seven tips I have today are going to do just that. Of course, if you want to get the most out of this episode, two things. Thing one, whip out that poker journal. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And thing two, go to the show notes page for basically a transcript of everything I discuss. Smartpokerstudy.com slash pod343. Okay, no more goofing around, goofballs. Gambate! Bob, in all my years of calling games, I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited? Feel these nipples! So I've always loved that sniper slash military saying, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Now, for snipers, you miss your shot when you rush yourself, or maybe you're more likely to miss your shot, right? You want to get your shot now before your target disappears, but when you slowly and deliberately reload your gun, position yourself, take aim, squeeze the trigger when the time is right, and then methodically repeat that process without rushing and fumbling, you're going to be probably a more successful sniper. Now, I think this saying, slow is smooth and smooth is fast, it's probably related to an old Latin term, festina lente, which means hurry slowly. And that means that if you rush through things, you try to get them done too fast, you end up making a few mistakes. Now, After you make mistakes, you got to go back and correct them, right? But seeing as how it's life or death for snipers, they can't really go back and correct mistakes. It's even more important for them to go slow and smooth to get it done right. A mistake for a sniper means potential mission failure, giving away your position to the enemy, and possibly resulting in your capture or your death. Now, of course, poker players, it's not life or death for us. But, just like snipers, we can't really go back and correct mistakes, right? Lost chips are lost chips. There's no mulligans for us poker players. Now, that's why it's critical for us, just like it is for snipers, to take our time to assess all the information available before we squeeze the trigger on a post-flop call, or a pre-flop three-bet bluff, or a river call, or a turn check raise, right? So that's why I'm adjusting the sniper saying for poker, slow is smart and smart is winning. Now for snipers, their desire to not miss the opportunity, to squeeze the trigger and get the job done, it can be their downfall. 
it's easier to miss when you rush through the motion or rush through all the steps, right? A common downfall for poker players, though, is acting too quickly without considering as much information as possible before we squeeze the trigger on our plays. And I'm sure that you're guilty of something like this just like I am, right? You're dealt pocket aces. As soon as you see those pocket aces, dollar signs flash in your eyes, right? Now, you open raise. Your fishy opponent calls pre-flop, and they call again on the flop. Then they check raise you three times your turn C-bet. And sometimes, because we're just so quick to act and we got those dollar signs from those aces, all we think is, hey, I got aces. It's an overpair. It's a rainbow board. What should I be scared of? Instead of thinking about their player type, their range, the board interaction, their HUD stats, we don't even think about what a 3x check raise means from a fishy player. You just end up raising all in, right? Because, hey, I got aces. I gotta be good. He can't have a set here. Of course, your fishy opponent ends up calling after 3xing check raise, right? He calls your all in, turns over a flopped set of fours. Your aces are cracked, and it's not until the hand is over that you finally realize... Oh, holy cow, he was a mega calling station fish. He never raises without a very strong hand. He raised me. I should have frickin' known I was beat. If you would have taken the time and used all the information available, you could have found a fold and saved loads of chips. This one mistake can be a session killer. Not just for profitability, you just lost 100 big blinds, right? But it might also tick you off and cause you to tilt and lose more money. Or you might just get so mad you end your session right there and you're not playing the profitable longer session that you could have played. We're so much better off, just like snipers, if we take our time to assess all the info available before squeezing the trigger on all of our plays. So what can we do to slow things down to give us a little bit more time to consider all the information available? Well, I've got the answer to that with these seven tips to slow down. So here is the very first tip. Remember, have that poker journal, start writing this stuff down, right? The first tip is to turn on the auto time bank feature. So whatever site you play on, go into the settings and turn on the auto time bank. When you're playing online, you always have, I don't know what it is, like 10 or 15 initial seconds, right? But there's that backup 30 or 60 seconds that you can use for tough decisions. Just turn on the auto time bank and that's going to relieve a little bit of pressure. Here's the second tip. Always know your opponent. So what type of player are you up against? Is Bob123 a loose aggressive who folds a lot on the turn? Sure, he is. I know this about him. Is Susan789 a calling station who continues with any draw? For sure, I've played 500 hands with Susan. I've seen that plenty of times. Knowing your opponent's player type and their tendencies, those are critical factors in making reads on them. When somebody makes a play that contradicts their type and general tendencies, that is a red flag and you must sit up and take notice at that point. So maybe Bob123 folds a lot on the turn. So you double barrel bluff him, naturally, right? Uh Uh-oh, he called and now the river is a blank. Let me ask you a question. Should you triple barrel bluff Bob123? Probably not, because he only calls on the turn with a pair or better. River blank? Why would he fold then? Now, Susan789 loves calling post-flop with any draw. So when she suddenly wakes up with a river shove when the third club hits the board, should you call with top pair top kicker? 
Heck no, right? She gave you theoretical value on the flop return versus your top pair, but the third club got there. You know that she's a fishy player. She's only gonna shove with a flush. You gotta fold. All right, here's the third tip. Put them on a range. So when you see the flop against a player, it's your job to always visualize their pre-flop range. Whether they defended the big blind, they three-bet you, maybe they limped and then called your raise, they called your three-bet, whatever it is, their action, coupled with their player type and tendencies, will help you put them on a pre-flop range of hands. Now at thepokerforge.com, I give my members range cheat sheets that they can use to visualize ranges. So when a player calls their open raise, they look down at the two-bet calling ranges and they choose the one that most resembles what they think the player uh, called them with. When you range your opponents this way and you can actually visualize on a piece of paper in front of you what their range looks like, it's going to help you gauge how that range interacts with the board. And this, of course, is going to aid in better decision making. Now here's the fourth tip. I love this one. Ask and answer a question. This is one of my favorite in-game focus strategies, right? I ask and I answer a question before every button click. Now, my favorite question is poker's ultimate question, and that is, what are they doing this with? As I'm playing, my opponent C-bets, they check-raise, they donk-bet, whatever it is. In order to answer that question properly, what are they doing this with? I need to think about all the things that I already mentioned, right? Player type, tendencies, their range, board interaction, other things like sizing and the exact action as well. I need to put all of that together to give me a good answer to the question, what are they doing this with? My answer to that question is going to guide my button click. I just posted a video on YouTube that demonstrates the process of asking and answering questions. It's a 49-minute, two-table focus session where I ask and answer a question before every single button click. And it's embedded in the show notes page. You can find it at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod343. And besides poker's ultimate question, I want to give you three more questions right now that I absolutely love using. Question one, is this a profitable table? Question two, Who's my target at the table? And question three, will they fold to a C-bet? Here's the fifth tip. And this is, if there's one tip to follow out of these seven, only one, this is it right here to help bring about or give you a little bit more brain space to think about your decisions. Here's the fifth tip. Remove your hand from your mouse. Now, Tommy Angelo, in his book, Elements of Poker, he talked about finger tilt. Finger tilt happens in times of heightened stress, right? You got a big pocket pair, and that board is scary. The pot's growing. Your stress levels are going through the roof. Uh, You start dreading the next card, and your heartbeat's increasing, right? When stress rises, finger tilt can take over, and you unthinkingly just make bets, raises, and calls. You just click that mouse button without really considering all the information. Kind of like that prior example with pocket aces, right? You didn't even think about the player type, nor what they could be raising you with at that time. You just say, hey, I got pocket aces, raise all in, just bam, bam, finger tilt. So if you notice that you're feeling anxious or stressed, and you're worried about losing a big pot or making a big mistake, remove your hand from your mouse. This is going to give a little bit of brain space to think about all the information available and, of course, to ask and answer whatever important question is going to help you analyze the situation. Here's the sixth tip. 
don't overload with too many tables. The more tables you're on, the less brain space you have for decision making. Now, this, of course, it's totally subjective, and it's up to you to figure out how many is too many tables for good decisions. For me, I play at most five tables. But this is only when I'm feeling like an A-game mindset, I'm in the zone, I'm firing on all cylinders. Most of the time, I'm two or four tabling. For a lot of players, they hear the idea of get to the long run. The way you um, overcome variance and be a winner in poker is to get to the long run. Well, one of the ideas to get there is to play as many hands as possible. And the goal is your skills are going to win out because you're playing all these hands, those little ups and downs with variance. You're just going to be a steady climb upwards because you're playing so much. But here's the thing. That assumes that you're making good decisions so that your skills can shine through. If you're overloaded with tables and you're making poor decisions, more hands are just going to lead to more loss. And the seventh and final tip, fold marginal spots. So this is a great one. You really want to do this to save brain space for other, more important hands that are going on right now. For example, let's imagine four tabling. You are involved right now in three different hands. Hand one, you flop top pair on a wet board and you're the pre-flop raiser. Hand two, you just call the player's three bet from out of position. You have uh, ace-jack suited and you flopped a gut shot draw. And hand three, you double barreled with a set, but you got min check raised. Okay, so you got those three hands going. Now on the fourth table, you're dealt queen-jack suited under the gun. You know your ranges and you know that queen-jack suited is a hand that you normally open from under the gun. But let me ask you a question. Is this a good time to open raise with queen-jack suited under the gun? Heck no! You're involved in three other important hands with growing pots. Do not suffocate your brain with this incredibly marginal spot. Keep as much brain space open as possible to deal with the more important decisions at hand. Before today's challenge, I want to give a couple of shout-outs right here. Victor Reyes and Cesar De Silva both per purchased my Poker Study Boot Camp course. This has 29 different study strategies, off the felt and on the felt, over 39 different videos. It's an incredibly awesome, robust course, and it's going to turn you along with Victor and Caesar, into poker study commandos, right? And one of those strategies is the asking questions and answering questions to improve your focus on the felt. So that's one of the 29 right there. But if you want to get the Poker Study Bootcamp for yourself with a lovely little discount, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash bootcampdeal. Or there's a link in the show notes page as well. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Put these seven tips into action with your very next session. Write them down on a sticky note and then implement each and every single one as you play. If you only do one, remove your hand from your mouse for big decisions like I said earlier. But of course, I recommend all seven. So get to it! Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody! Go 
Alrighty Poker Peeps, your learning isn't complete until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod343. Links to everything I discussed, that embedded questions and answers video on, on YouTube is right there for you as well. Of course, you heard me talk about my uh, uh, pre-flop range cheat sheets that you can find in the pokerforge.com. This is just one of the many, 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 many great reasons to become a PokerForge member. So go to the pokerforge.com right now. It's my one-of-a-kind poker training site. I combine strategy, action steps, quizzes, and play demonstrations like no other. There are nine masterclass courses that are going to teach you how to pursue a profitable poker journey with online microstakes poker. For more information and to sign up today, go to thepokerforge.com. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.